You are now listening to Enter VR, the podcast where we talk about all things virtual reality. I am Chris Miranda, your host, and on today's show, I have Tony Davidson, the wonderful, the majestic, the mythic, mythic, mythical, (laughs) Tony Davidson, um, the creator of Ethereum and uh, a whole host of other projects uh, in the past and incoming. How are you, Tony? Good to have you on the show. Hey, thank you, Chris. I'm doing really well, and thanks a lot for the kind words. I appreciate that. <laughs> no, it's nothing. It's it's the truth. Um, so how uh, how's Ethereum coming along? And for those who are uninitiated, what is Ethereum? Let's start with that, actually. Yeah, sure. Um, well, it's a uh, it's sort of a puzzle based um, you know adventure game, a lot like the older Mist and Riven style games, but it's heavily inspired by you know VR. So I kind of call it an interactive virtual reality, pretty much. But yeah, it's going really well. Um, I've made a lot of progress since I last talked with you. Um, I've got, I guess I have a few new things since we've last talked. So um, I'm developing a new level. I think I mentioned that to you before, actually. But I'm developing a new level that's underwater, you know, below the top surface. And it just gets a lot more involved and um, it's a lot more organic and, um, just pushing the limits a little more. Do you know it, the initial release and the demo that I've released? It's uh, highly optimized and it's very low poly count, like 250,000, you know, polys and whatnot. And so now that I've kind of established um, where I am on that, know that I have some headroom, I'm trying to push those boundaries a little more and see what I can get out of it. Now that I have a better idea what the target frame rate is and resolution and all that. Um, which I feel pretty confident about that. So now I'm just kind of pushing it further and working on that underwater level. And um, that's gone really well. And I have a few new team members, actually, that I've lined up. Um, so that's interesting. And I've been uh, gearing up for a Kickstarter. So that's pretty much the the main highlights. That's super exciting yeah. to hear. Um, <clears throat> if may, may, I, may I ask you if there's DK2... Um, support incoming? Uh, yes and no. Yeah, there absolutely will be, but there's not because I haven't gotten my hands on my DK2 yet, unfortunately. So as soon as I have it, I'm going to go full-time into that. So I'm trying to arrange everything and schedule for it. Um, you know, I, I'm not sure if they're behind or not, but I probably should have had it by now. So I'm just keeping my fingers crossed because I'd really like to be able to demo uh, possibly some of this newer area at Connect um, when that comes down next month, since I'll be attending with a couple of other people on the team now. So. Oh man, so many things I really I, I want to talk to you about now, like um, because uh, Ethereum is such a visual assault on my brain, and I and I mean that in the best way possible. Like it's it's so um, I mean just visually, it's it's like being somewhere you've never imagined and you can't you couldn't pos- you couldn't possibly imagine if it wasn't for vr right um and deep you know right. the, the idea that i could watch this in dk2 is extremely exciting for me so um i will be uh very i will be co- following you very closely uh to see when that uh, gets released um i don't mean to get too, too into details but when did you order your dk2 uh do you know why it's taking this long yeah no 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 um, actually I'm, you know, I can't complain at all. I was very late on ordering it, unfortunately. So, um, just when I ordered it on the side, they said that, you know, I should have it this month. So I'm just, that's why I mentioned that, but I was actually really late, more than a month late, I think even. Oh, so, wow. okay. um, yeah, unfortunately, no worries. that yeah. was my fault. I'm, what's that? No, no, no. Cause I was just con- kind of like, I was wondering, I was like, huh, how, how is the, um, the uh, the production line coming along for DK twos. I was so that's why I was sort of, sort of curious. That's all. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, frankly, I don't mind that I've been a little behind on that because I've watched how it's rolled out and seen that there's definitely been some people are having a tough time getting it integrated into Unity. I'm using Unity, so um, I you know it's not been a too negative of a of a thing for me. I just don't want to run out of time and not be able to get something out there in time, especially for Connect. I'd like to be able to show something there. Um, I was going to possibly show something at the PAX Mixer up in Seattle, and I'm not sure that I'll make that. So, But um, as they solve some of the hiccups, you know, and the problems that they've had, and they're ironing that out, it's, you know, it's only helping helping me out, you know. 
by the time I get mine, it, it shouldn't be as difficult to integrate it as what I'm hoping. So, yeah, and it's gotten a lot better um, ever since they released the new update. It's gotten so much more, right. uh, s s just a, a smoother experience uh, using it. Um, there, there are a couple, you know, and I'm not uh, necessarily been too involved developing. Just sort of, just I've been playing with a lot of demos, and it's been awesome. Um, but yeah, cool. it's just it involves a little bit of you know playing around with the settings, and you and you can get rolling with pretty much any demo so far um, that is compatible for DK2. Yeah. Right, so you've got it up and running pretty well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's uh, it, and when it works, oh my god, it works. I love it. Um, Great. That's I can't, awesome. I'm so excited. Awesome. Yeah, for for when you get yours. So, um, I was gonna ask, what is this Kickstarter? Please enlighten me. Uh, fill me in on what is happening here. Yeah, I'm. I've actually come up right now. I'm in Seattle, and I'm working with a close friend of mine who's also somewhat of a team member, and so we're basically just trying to pull everything together and resources to try to uh, launch a Kickstarter, and so I've been spending most of the month up here, in fact, and um, but it, it's been a good stay. I've uh, had a couple highlights and. Um, since I've been here, I was able to swing by the, sorry to get off topic, but no I was able to swing by the VRcade and check out, uh, you know, demo their system there. And that, that was really exciting, actually. Um, kind of mind opening to, uh, I guess, get a glimpse of the future, you know, of VR, at least what, what's possible in a commercial space. You know, they have a very impressive tracking system. Like I think they had an array of eight cameras that, um, was, I believe was a 25 foot square area, but the freedom to roam around and stuff was pretty awesome, you know, the movement and everything. And that just really opened my eyes up to, you know, um, I don't know, more potential in VR. And, and it's really caused my mind to reel around with ideas of how to solve some of those solutions, frankly, um, like traveling longer distances, um, even though you're in a confined space, or even how do you handle steps and stairs, you know, when you're when you're in a, a situation like that. But anyway, that, that was really cool. Mm -hmm. And, um, and in fact, I should mention, I had a chance encounter yesterday. Um, I took my kids to a car show because they're car freaks. I've got a couple of boys and uh -huh. of all people I ran, I ran into somebody and I was talking with them about their, um, car that they had. And, um, it was a Caterham seven, a really cool British race car, like a kid car. And, mm -hmm. and I knew I recognized the guy and, so as I got to talking with him, I figured out it was Tom uh, Forsyth huh. from, you know, Oculus and Valve. Yeah, he was there with his car. So I, anyway, apparently I discovered his hobby <laughs> outside of work. <laughs> That's cool. But um, So, yeah, so I've been up here mainly focusing on that. Um, I'm hoping to launch um, no later than mid-October and um, sooner if I can, but a lot of that is hinged also on the DK2, and I want to make sure I have a solid build out there that's a good demo that's playable for the DK2 before I do that. And um, so it, I would say probably mid-October at the latest. And But I've been lining up um, you know, team members and stuff for that, potential team members as well, and that's going really well. I, I went down to uh, OCVR a couple of weeks ago to a meetup there. I was hoping to demo there, and um, but I, I met up with a friend there um, that I worked with at DreamWorks. Um, his name is David Valdez, and he's very much into VR, so I sort of dragged him along with me, and he got to try everything out, and they had some good demos there. Senza Peso, they had there on the DK2, or... Yeah, I believe they had on the DK2 running. Either that or it was the HD. I'm sorry. Mm. But I wasn't able to try that. I really want to try that. I still haven't tried it yet. Um, but that was a, a successful trip because I managed to sort of recruit David on that trip. And um, he's just got a fantastic background. You know, he's worked um, in a lot of places. He actually started out at NASA. So he's he's pretty technical. But he's just a fantastic artist. Um he did a lot of early shader writing development at Pixar before they got into full-length features. So he did like the shader work on Jerry's Game, if you remember the short. And he worked on a few other films like Bugs Life and Toy Story 2. And uh, he's also been at Sony and worked on the Matrix trilogy and did some really great stuff on the Revolutions and Reloaded. And, and he just did fantastic work at DreamWorks. You know, everything from Kung Fu Panda, and Shrek, and 
you know, over the hedge and on and on. So I managed to recruit him and pick him up. So I think he's going to be a very valuable asset, you know, on the team. So I'm pretty excited about that. And he's also like me, he's very interested in VR. So that's a real plus. That's really um, exciting to hear. Uh, can I ask you a really quick question? Yeah. Um, so sure. in, in assembling a team, who are you looking for? What are what is exactly are you looking for? And, you know, how does that translate to, um, you know, the experience you're trying to put out? So, for example, you want to get out a, you know, a three hour, four hour experience. Mm-hmm. You know, who do you need? Do you need an engineer, an artist, an audio guy or how many? Right. <clears throat> right. Exactly. Um you know, I've been doing it myself all along now, and I'm well over a year into it, and I've just covered all the facets myself, the coding and all of the art and um, the sound, you know, the whole thing, and which is great. You know, I guess I'm able to do that, and I've created, you know, the instead that I have, but um, just as a matter of time and practicality, and these projects have a way of growing sort of beyond your own um, ability to, you know, to I guess, keep up with them. So I could definitely use some help on this. And um, as far as David goes, he, especially with his shader writing, um, you know, background, I think that'll help a lot as we move into Unity 5 um, and take advantage of some of the new, you know, physical based, physically based shaders that they have. And it'll just be great to have someone who can write that. We can take advantage of that and push it. But he's also, you know, a generalist. He models and does all kinds of stuff. He's a fantastic painter. And so I can just use him for about anything and he'll help me just push it, you know, and, and maintain that the quality and the, you know, as far as the art goes and the look of it visually. And, um, I have a sound uh, designer lined up. Her name is Christy Nupp mm-hmm. and she's a really great, um, sound designer and she just has quite a bit of experience. She's worked on, uh, for EA and, and Activision, she's worked on games like uh, the Star Wars, Old Republic, um, Medal of Honor, a couple of Medal of Honor games. Um, she was lead sound designer on the Spyro's Adventure, um, and she's worked on like a Shrek game and stuff. But she's fully independent and freelancer, and she has a studio and everything, you know, set up. And she does fully work and, you know, full implementation. So she's she's really fantastic. I've been in contact with her for about a year now, actually. We met through the Oculus VR forums um, last year, and I've had her do some test work for me, and she's just done a fantastic job. So I'm really happy to have her on. Um, the one thing I don't have that I wouldn't mind having is a more experienced programmer because I've actually had to teach myself on this project um, how to code. I'm just kind of starting fresh. And it wouldn't hurt to have somebody more experienced, especially when it comes to optimization and just knowing the, you know, the proper workflow and whatnot. So I have yet to line someone up like that. Um, and then the last thing would be, you know, just a, a music composer, you know, somebody who can really lend to the atmosphere of the game and create a lot of the ambient sounds or key sounds that help, you know, progress the game along and move you forward and whatnot. Um, that would be very helpful. So there's just a couple of people left I would like to be able to line up if that's possible. But all that, of course, is uh, dependent on funds, and that's where the Kickstarter comes in. So I'm hoping it all comes together and lines up for me on that. I'm I'm hoping the same the same for you. I'm I'm hoping the best, and and I wish you the best of luck. I think you're assembling a dream team, and that sounds really exciting because. Um, so, for example, how much how much money do you think you're going to require to be able to pull this off? Well, if if I'm going to set my goal as low as possible, one one situation I'm in is that I want to. Uh, this is a VR specific game, you know. In fact, VR only, and that's how it's been designed for me. And um, you know, it's kind of a 20 year dream for me to do this. And I, I've mentioned to you before, I've actually started on this 20 years ago, and so this, and I'm revisiting it now that it's practical, and you know, now that VR appears to definitely be coming so a reality so i guess the problem i'm i'm with is that um you know it's such a niche group um the vr community mm-hmm. and um i really want to keep it within that though so frankly i'm not sure that i'll be able to go as high as i'd like to with the budget a budget and mm-hmm. <clears throat> frankly what it what i probably uh, could use to make it the way that i'd like so i'm actually going to start relatively low and just um you know, compromise if I have to and, 
um, you know, work with the services of these other people that I've lined up as much as I possibly can. But I've scaled it so that I can um, handle it, you know, almost entirely on my own if I need to. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm starting it under 50, you know, under 50 grand. Mm-hmm. And but I have some pretty good stretch goals, you know, that I'm hoping that will entice people to uh, to go ahead and jump on board and, you know, and bring that number up. Um, things like, you know, earlier release dates for every time that I can bring on a, another team member, like the ones I've, you know, just described that, you know, that will push the release date, you know, ahead. So I think that's probably an important goal. And just, of course, create a better experience all around. But the fact is, Chris, if I absolutely have to, you know, I could continue developing on my own um, for the bottom dollar. And uh, and I would be perfectly fine with that. You know, I can stretch my budget pretty far as I have for the last year. So, um, yeah, it's going to start pretty low and just hope that I can uh, get beyond that. Yeah. You know, so that I can enlist other people and uh, yeah. just make it a fuller experience. So some of the stretch goals, for example, like this underwater area that I'm developing now, there's an additional level below that, a subterranean uh, layer, which is kind of the heart of the game. And I really want to be able to do that and, and dig down to that. But to do that would require, you know, the, you know, reaching the higher stretch goals. So... I'm hoping those will entice people to just create a more, you know, complete game and a, and a better, more fulfilling experience. So all of those goals are designed to just make it more compelling and richer and, and better. So I'm hoping that'll, that'll work out. I'm hoping the best for you as well, sir. What is the, uh, so when all is said and done, um, once, when, when people have a theory on, uh, you know, ready to get booted up and in, in VR, and you know, what sort of experience should we sort of expect? What are you trying to create? You know, once it's uh, all said and done. Right. Well, um, again, it's it's pretty much puzzle based. Mm-hmm. Um, my what I'm trying to do is just essentially create a virtual reality, and but I want to entertain people enough to you know maintain their interest within the world, and so I've I'm making it puzzle based. So there'll be a lot of uh, hopefully unique um, physics-based um, interactions, which I've been trying to develop. And then um, hopefully the puzzles, I, what I'm shooting for, a lot of the puzzles are logic-based. And I'm hoping that that will you know, um, cause people to sort of rely on their intuition and just their logic and reason you know, to be able to solve these things you know, rather than relying on too many hints, you know, and so it's primarily based on that, but I'm trying to create a very rich and compelling experience and, and of course, almost cinematic. So what I'm pushing for, um, with these newer areas, like the underwater area, there'll actually be a a sea creature down there. Um, a, a really giant sort of sea serpent creature that's bioluminescent. And, uh, another team member I haven't mentioned, um, that I have here, um, his name is Scott Martin, and I've known him for about 20 years. And actually, he was involved in VR about 20 years ago. And I ended up um, meeting him, and he had a, a 3D course um, over in Raleigh, North Carolina. And to give you a little bit of backstory, when I first was the, uh, exposed to VR was back then in the early 90s. And I had to go all the way to the Research Triangle Park, which was several states away, about a thousand miles from me, to experience it. And um, I was so, you know, amazed by that. Of course, I wasn't didn't have anything to do with CG or I wasn't in the business or anything at that time. And and uh, I was just so inspired by it that I wanted to learn 3D and I tracked this guy down, and he was teaching a course there. It was like a three-month 3D course. And so I got involved with that, and I took that course. And that's how I got involved in uh, game development. And actually, that very initial demo was um, essentially Ethereum. It was the same look and same concept of what I'm doing now. It's very similar. And I think I mentioned to you that that caught the eye of Robin Miller, you know, from Cyan, and, and that led to my development role on Riven. And so I, I went off into game development for some years doing that. And then I switched over to movies and feature films and ended up at DreamWorks before I kind of resigned from that. And But this fella, Scott Martin, who uh, essentially was my teacher back then, I 
I've reunited with him, and he's involved in the project, and um, he's worked in games. He was last at Airtight, working on a AAA title there, and he was an animation director here up at DigiPen, and he's just been in the business for the past 20 years as well. And But he happens to be a fantastic uh, digital sculptor. You know, he's a ZBrush sort of master. In fact, uh, yesterday I spent part of the day at the... Uh, 3D printer World Expo here in Bellevue, mm. and he did a, a demonstration there uh, live, and he was actually working on the creature that we're putting into the game, the sea creature. So fortunately, I have him for that, for any sort of creature work, and he does a fantastic job on that. So there'll be um, some cinematic sequences involving, you know, some sea creatures. Um, there'll be some sort of ride, you know, film type stuff and a submersible craft you know, that carries you deep to the sort of subterranean part of Ethereon. And um, so there'll be some cinematic experiences involved and um, pretty much, yeah, that's pretty much it. I don't want to give away too much. Though. Yeah, <laughs> you, you've given away uh, a lot in my opinion, and I thank you for that. <laughs> um, yeah, <clears throat> so, uh, well, I'm glad to be able to share it with you. I'm, so. I'm, yeah, just really excited to hear all of this. <clears throat> so... Uh, the thing I was I was gonna ask you, um, and pardon my voice for some reason, I'm getting off weirdy. No worries. Um, the so so you and I commend you for this because you're going all out in, into VR, like you're creating a game that is, as you're saying, from the ground up for VR, nothing else. Um, but <clears throat> why oh, why uh, are you so sure that this time around VR will succeed? What what makes you think? Um, you know, uh, this this time is different. Right, right. Well, it's uh, I think it was inevitable, you know, and, and it just seems like now's the right time. You know, there's really nothing uh, to delay it any longer. And now that we have, you know, the Oculus team and Palmer, you know, heading all of this up, you know, this latest round, um, it just, you know, it's such a strong movement. There's so much excitement about it and of course now that facebook's on board um as you know i committed well before that but i just you know i have a uh you know i just have a feeling that this is the time I, i've been waiting for it for so long so it's actually sort of overdue for me and um so i just have a good feeling that the time's coming and i really want to be a part of it you know i always have and i just don't want to miss out on it so you know, I'm here to, to just fulfill that dream and, you know, and I'm kind of relying on Oculus, of course, like anybody else who's developing. But um, I imagine that there'll just be, you know, lots of people in the in this area soon. So um, I don't know. It, it all looks up from here and I don't see anything really to hold it back. So mm. um, I feel pretty confident about it. And, you know, I'm kind of a risk taker. I've always been. And I don't mind taking the risk. You know, and if it doesn't pan out or anything, it, frankly, I'm I'm fine with that. I've had a great experience and fulfilling a dream. This is something I've always wanted to do. I just love doing it. You know, being able to actually develop a game is something I've wanted to do since I was 12 and start actually started trying to do back then, you know, on a Commodore 64. Mm -hmm. So it's like a lifelong thing for me. Yeah. And so I love it. You know, I'm just I'm here to take the risk and it doesn't really matter to me. I'm just happy I've made it this far and and have managed to create what I have. So I just want to keep pushing forward. It's amazing to hear, you know, you, you're, there's this just uh, so much passion in, in, in people who are developing VR. Like that is uh, something that um, <clears throat> it's, it's quite hard to find in like, in like all sorts of industries. So that's, so that I find it yeah. quite inspiring. <clears throat> what about VR as a yeah. medium of creation that you think, can't like you know as a developer yourself i, I want to get your perspective on like what is it about vr that 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 you can only do in vr when it comes to creating things like what is the appeal as a as a person who's creative yeah it's awesome and you know it um I guess you have to be a bit of a visionary to imagine, you know, what, what the possibilities are, but I'm continuously amazed and I'm encountering things that even I would have never thought of, you know, is what I consider to be VR and everyone, I guess, has their own take on that. And I find that very intriguing. The other day when I went, to be arcade, um, they showed me a series of demos, and Ivan uh, Blostein was there, and he had a, a really awesome demo. I mean, it, to me, it was amazing. I see huge potential in it, and it was very simple. He had only spent a couple of days on it, but what it was was he had a what he called a wand, and it, I hope I'm not giving this away for them, but 
it's so interesting. I have to tell you anyway. But mm-hmm. it was a. Uh, basically, you're using this wand like a pencil to write, and the tracking was so accurate. It, it was within millimeters. It seemed, and but with this wand, it was very much like a pencil or a pen, and you could start drawing. But instead of just drawing in the flat two dimension, you're drawing, you know, three dimensionally. And it totally worked. I mean, it, it worked phenomenally well. It was super intuitive. You know, it, 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 wherever you tried to, or whatever you intended to draw, you know, it, it just totally worked. It was completely 3D. And it was something I would have never imagined. As simple as it sounds, it was such an intriguing experience. You, you'll have to try it, Chris. Yeah. But you could just draw three dimensionally and you could walk around it, you know, and it was just an amazing feeling. Um, I would have never expected that. And I think Ivan just conceived of the idea out of the blue and put it together in a few hours and had it working. And it was just one of these things that, you know, I would you, you just can't do otherwise. You could never do this outside of VR, you know. And it, it was so, uh, I don't know, it, it just seems like a, a natural progression, like something that will become a, a common thing in the near future. So, um, you know, it's awesome. VR is being able to do things that you just can't do otherwise. And I, I really, you know, think that that's the potential of the medium. So that that's what I think inspires a lot of people. And like you were saying, it's, it's an interesting group of people that are, you know, drawn to this. Um, they, surely everyone who's drawn to this must have something in common. You know, I, maybe we're futurists or something, but it, it is a, a sort of peculiar group of people I've noticed at the 3D Print Expo, it was somewhat similar. You know, the the crowd of people that that draws are, I don't know, they're somehow unique and they're special people. You know, it takes the person with that sort of mind to to be drawn to it. But yeah, it's interesting. <clears throat> yeah, it it truly is, and I'm um I'm just uh just so happy to just be able to witness it uh as as much as I can. Um, <clears throat> so you know just philosophically speaking we sort of get to we sort of tend to get philosophical on this podcast once in a while that's Uh, an understatement um what do you think vr is going to uh look like five five years from now for example what do you do you have any guesses estimations wow that's a good question um yeah i might have had a uh, i might have thought that i knew what that was a year ago (laughs) but seeing how things are progressing um even with film work and feature film and the interest that you know, they're getting from down there in Hollywood and so on. And, um, and I'm just witnessing things that, like I say, I would have never imagined. So I'm not even sure I could say, you know, what that is, but I, I don't know. I really hope though, the effect that it has on gaming, um, will be a good one. You know, I hope that it really breathes new life into the, the whole gaming, uh, industry and, or at least the direction that things are, you know, are going. I hope that that changes and opens up for a more, you know, sort of creative space. And um, games like these adventure games that I'm doing um, in Myst and Riven, these older games, they, to me, they lend themselves really well to virtual reality. That's what drew me to working, you know, on Riven was uh, just my interest in VR. And that was sort of the closest thing that I could do to create virtual worlds and, and to explore them. And, and within uh, the, you know, the limitations at the time, technically of how you could interact with those worlds. So what VR does is it um, completely opens that up and allows you to, in my opinion, experience those games as they, you know, were intended to be, to have a greater sense of interaction, greater immersion, greater freedom, you know, to move around. And, and then the, you know, making the puzzles more interactive, you know, in my opinion, is a, is a huge leap forward. And again, the freedom of movement is, is a giant thing. So, um, I'm hoping that games like that, experiences like that, um, will, you know, just sort of have a second coming and will, uh, you know, find a good place here in VR that I think they're a really good match, you know. Um, I can't really say where VR is going to be, though, frankly. I think it's going to spread across such a huge range of, of uh, you know, industries and stuff that it's probably going to touch most anything digital or, you know, I would imagine. So it's going to be super exciting to see what happens, I guess. So I don't mean to get too, uh, too much of a Debbie Downer at all, but, but I do want to um, uh, keep the possibility in mind that this might 
all not work out just in case like there's a i'm i'm 99 sure that this is gonna this this is this is inevitable that vr is gonna be a a thing um that is going to be a household sort of thing but 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 one percent of me maybe a little bit more thinks that you know i, I want to keep the possibility in mind that this might not pan out like it's you know it's just sure, um sure but how well frank and so yeah. the question is and sorry to interrupt but like what do you think um if it could do that to VR, like, is there something that could stop it, delay it, um, put a, uh, a major, be a major obstacle to it at, at this point or is, or is it inevitable? What do you think? Um, I think there's probably enough interest now. Um, mm. and I would imagine with Facebook getting involved, you know, that there's enough interest now, um, that we're seeing big investors and, you know, that's really what it takes, you know, obviously is the money or at least the investment and people who are willing to do that. And usually that comes, um, you know, later on once it's a proven technology and established. So I guess I give props to Zuckerberg for, you know, jumping on this and, and leading the pack on that as far as putting a major investment in this area. Um, and I think people are just going to follow suit, frankly. Um, so, you know, unless people, you know, decided not to, that they don't see it as being, uh, you know, having all this potential in the future, then I guess that could kill it. But there's just so much potential, you know, if anyone has half an imagination, you know, I would think that they could, you know, see the potential and the technology. And I just can't imagine it going backwards at this point, you know, I I'm hoping that it won't. But at the same time, as far as it becoming, you know, a, a mainstream thing or in every single household, Frankly, I kind of hope that doesn't happen. You know, I, I, I'm not sure that I want to see it permeate our existence to that degree. You know, I'm not like, hey, VR for everyone. Um, I, I, I don't really have that, you know, share that sort of uh, passion. You know, I just hope that it's there for the people who are interested and, you know, who want to have access to it can get it. And I don't necessarily want to push it on anybody. <laughs> you know, I, I don't want the world to turn into a, you know, a matrix or something. So... But uh oh let's I I like where we're headed here because I have a question a follow up question what if what if what if though because VR is so good because VR because, because there's this uh there's people like you you know such talent people such as yourself putting so much work and passion into your projects and because you know the the, the uh, things like that create value for others what if VR becomes um ubiquitous and and not because people were forced but because it's so good um and because there's so right. much to do like how would you feel if you if it became like that like um yeah that's a good question i just hope people you know will balance it out i guess in their lives and we don't really want to lose connection with our you know our sort of natural reality you know is what i hope i don't i don't want to see people take it too far i guess so as long as it and frankly i don't see that you know i can't imagine that um so i think it will be fine as far as that goes but yeah yeah <laughs> it's an interesting question though. yeah <laughs> no and it's gonna be super in interesting to, to to witness it to live it to see it before our eyes How, what what direction will humanity yeah. take with this technology you know like um because you, you know this it's technology is you know morally neutral it doesn't care about our morals or uh That's our right. principles it just is and, it, and it's a tool and we and it's sort of us who 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 drive it and utilize it so it I, it might right. it might be like a spectrum and like it might be um uh Matthew G the creator of relaxation VR he was talking about like you know it's gonna mm -hmm. it's not gonna be either or it's not gonna be like um and I sort of agree with him like it's not gonna be either or it's not gonna be just all bad um matrix sort of world right. or it's not gonna be all kumbaya everybody becomes a you know a, a single <laughs> consciousness through VR yeah. it's gonna be sort of like you know you get the you're gonna get the good and the yeah. bad and it's gonna form the gray and it's gonna be uh, I don't know. It's going to be interesting. <laughs> it's something, it, yeah. just what you said, That's it's good, in, yeah. impossible to predict sort of like what five years is going to look like. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I pretty much agree with, with that. I, I would say that, that, that sounds good to me. Yeah. Um, fascinating things to, to, to witness. Like what are your, so you have children. What are, what do they think about VR and what are, you know, what are their impressions? Well, of course they were extremely fascinated with it and just, you know, 
jumping in head first, you know, or whatever, feet first, wanting to check it out. And, um, but the problem is that, um, you know, uh, their first experiences were on the DK one. And unfortunately that everyone in my family gets sick, you know, very easily. I get sick super easy. I can only last, you know, five or so minutes in the DK one. Well, it was the same thing for my kids. So, um, literally after the first day of experience, after doing a couple demos, it had, you know, uh, caused, you know, such a, disorienting effect on them that they literally just shy away from it my one kid he just kind of feels sick when he looks at it oh man <laughs> so i haven't been able to entice him in to even try my game or anything yet unfortunately um because i've developed it since then but i'm sure that once i'm very careful not to put them in anything and you know i had a rift up kit and it's better but you know i've I guess what I've discovered, I'll say this, especially after the VRcade experience, that what I'm learning is that things like resolution, um, even the latency, and also the field of view, you know, these things are more or less just enhanced presence, you know, and in, in a stronger sense of presence. Mm -hmm. But really, it's the one-to-one -one tracking of the movement that really makes the difference as far as uh, the motion sickness. At the VRcade, I spent probably 30 minutes in there and didn't have any disorientation. And, you know, that's a, a, a serious record for me. Hmm. And I, it's absolutely and, – and you know what? They were using a 720p uh, display on that, you know. So, I mean, low res. And, you know, the tracking on the headset had some latency, and the field of view wasn't very big. But I didn't get any sickness at all. And so I'm really convinced that the that well, I imagine with the DK2 that you know that's going to resolve a lot of the sim sickness effect. But the problem then becomes you know your your motion, you know, actually physically moving through space and tracking that. If you're not walking, like with the Morpheus or the <clears throat> sorry, or with the VRK system, <clears throat> then you get those disorienting effects, you know, especially turning, you know, rotating around mm. to turn around with a joystick or something. You know, those things are just really disorienting. So even though the DK2 has all those improvements, um, I still can see, you know, because of the content, because of the, you know, the inability to track your full body motion, but yet you need to sort of move in these games, or at least the type of game I'm creating, that there's still going to be that disorienting effect. So, you know, this is a real problem that has to be solved. And frankly, after having the VRcade experience, my mind is really um, kind of spoiled on that, you know, mm -hmm. in thinking about ways to, you know, how to, I don't know, how to design around that or come up with solutions for it. So it's very intriguing. I, I can see the the crew at the VRK there. They seem to be very passionate, very inspired to do what they're doing, and they're all uh, really smart guys. So I would say that, you know, frankly, I can kind of see the hook and, and why they are sort of hooked on it, you know, because these problems are they're very real. And, you know, if you're a person who likes to solve problems, I mean, this would be almost addictive, you know. So, like I say, they've been reeling around in my mind since I had that experience. So it's going to be really interesting. I'm sure this is going to drive a lot of smart people to try to figure these things out. But um, it really has to be a, a cooperation between the content developers and the hardware developers. And, you know, if I guess if the right people can come together, the, then these solutions will start to come out is what I would imagine. Um, so what, but as far as my, sorry, I'll go back to what you were asking. As far as my family goes and kids, I'll probably have to wait <clears throat> before I, you know, send them in again, you know, or entice them in mm -hmm. and I'll definitely do it with the DK too, but I'll have to limit the experiences, you know, like Oculus has with, as far as the seated experiences go, um, just to not, uh, you know, not to turn them off and have them get sick again and go another year, <laughs> you know, without yeah. it. So, uh, so I, that's a very, I mean, what you bring up are really good points that I think should be brought up of, or will be brought up at Oculus Connect, I, I hope, and I think, um, because, yeah, that, I guess right. that's the place to bring those things up, especially the, the, I, I, I'm, I'm very interested in how Oculus will solve the 360 um, being able to turn 360 degrees with the D, with the TK2, mm. um, I, I'm sure they're working yeah. on it. I'm sure they'll figure it out because it would be uh, very wise to do so. What is um, so so the thing that I wanted to follow up on is, and and 
uh, speaking from experience and sort of in defense of DK2, I think it's, uh, I, I think just what you were saying, the motion tracking uh, is so much better yes. with it. And I myself have beaten my own records of being inside VR without any awesome. sim sickness. Um, but awesome. the, you know, the ones that I really am enjoying right now are sort of like the space sort of, uh, spacewalk, Titan of space, um, solar system explorer, cool, cool. like those are yeah, really cool. good, um, for motion sickness, but yeah, it's it just, it's, yeah. it's day zero still, I think. And there's gotta be, uh, there's gonna, it's gonna be a long way to go. Um, right, right. So you've probably experienced a little bit of disorientation in other demos, I take it. There were a couple where... You know, when you when you said that, like you know, one on one tracking, like I was, you you hit the nail on the head, really, because the resolution is is there. I think it's just it's really good enough. I think, in my opinion, I think DK two could have been CV one, um, easily just because right of the the quality of it. But um, the the software, some of the software isn't there. Um, there are some experiences right, right. where where it's not a hundred percent optimized for some reason and it and then you just want to be like oh it just it looks so good but it <laughs> might but every time i turn my head it's like you know it's like i'm uh, i'm on a weird 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 uh, state of mind um but yeah it's it's coming along and i'm and i'm enjoying it so far um cool cool what about morpheus or, or have you reached the sony any any chance that we might just be seeing a theory on on a sony morpheus or what's up with that well, I would be very interested to to try. You know, um, I think I have, I probably have the type of experience that that could actually work. You know, that could translate to the PS4, because you know, again, the theory on you know being so optimized, and I had that mind from the very beginning, and um, I really think that I could probably fit within that format. So that's a challenge that interests me, uh, frankly, and. I am very impressed with what they have and what they've put forth so far. Um, you know, I would have to admit that at SVVR, when I tried the Morpheus for the first time, that um, that was the best feeling that I had in VR, you know, up to that point in my life. And it was very much like what I had always been hoping for. And, um, you know, I'd like to say that about the Oculus, but, you know, getting sick so quickly in there and stuff, you know, it just inhibited me from being able to have that experience. And the Morpheus, it tracked so well, you know, all of the movement and everything. So um, I would imagine that if I would have spent 30 minutes in the Morpheus, that I would have had the same, you know, experience as the arcade as far as not feeling disoriented at all. It gave me that impression. So that was very impressive to me. And again, I think if I had to make a trade-off, you know, I would definitely trade in the resolution and even the latency and the field of view and all that for the one-to-one -one tracking, just simply because, you know, I'm very limited as to how long I can experience VR um, without it. And so I'm willing to sort of trade that in to have it. So as far as I'm concerned, they, they have a really good working solution, a complete system. And, you know, as far as I'm concerned, they could roll that out for the PS4 and it would be successful. So I think, um, so the fact that they have a real good system and, and, uh, it would just seem like it'd be a fun challenge to, to try to get a game, you know, working under that format, I would like to try and do it. So, um, at some point I'll, I'll do that, you know, when I have the resources and I'm able, you know, if that happens, then I would like to pursue it. But quite frankly, I'm more intrigued and interested out of everything in the uh, Android, you know, in whole mobile VR mm -hmm. uh, situation. And that's a big reason why I've stayed so optimized and planned ahead with Ethereum from the beginning was because I personally see that as being the future, you know, of VR. And that's how we're going to get mass adoption. A, you know, being untethered and wireless. And just the fact that there's, you know, so many people, there's such a wide, you know, adoption already of people who have these smartphones. So they'll have the capability to experience VR where many other people won't. And so I see that as really being the mainstream, you know, side of it. So I'm really excited to see what Samsung does, and I'm really excited to see if Oculus has anything to share at Connect. Um, I'm really most excited about that, and that would be a great challenge for me to try to get um, Ethereum working, you know, in that format, um, which would be a success for me because I've kind of had that in the back of my head since I started. Um, 
So yeah. That's cool. Wow, that'd be right that'd now, be really cool to be able to play no, Ethereum with. Yeah, no worries. Uh, uh, play Ethereum with uh, on an Android or mobile device. Um, that yeah. Uh, and would the do you so? <clears throat> so do you think you need positional tracking for for Ethereum? Do you think you can get away without uh, having the need for positional tracking with uh, with mobile? Then is that, or would you have to wait for uh, a solution from them? Well, that's just it. There'll be some kind of compromise, you know, and a lot of the things I mentioned earlier as far as having cinematic sequences, you know, with creatures and sort of ride-based stuff that I'd like to include in Ethereum um, to enrich in the experience, those things, you know, might be limited to the PC version. or And uh, I'm not sure that I can really, um, that I will be able to, you know, at least in the first generation when that happens, to create, you know, that level of experience um, for it. So even in terms of the content, I think there'll be compromise for an Android version. But um, the challenge is just to create, you know, um, an immersive and, you know, is, you know, as, as good as you possibly can, you know, experience, I guess, within, within the uh, framework there. So um, it, I don't know. I think that there could be some form of, of Ethereum, you know, in VR and, still be a really good VR experience. And even if it didn't involve positional tracking, I think that could be done because, you know, I think I've proven that with the Oculus. Um, a lot of people have had fun, um, as with, you know, many demos, um, without the positional tracking. So that, I think it's a possibility. It might be a limited experience, but for those who can handle it, you know, who don't get sick like I do, um, I think it'll still be a lot of fun. And I'll, I'll still try to push it as far as I can to, to make it the best possible, you know, experience and that I could for that platform. So, but there'll be some compromise. And it, it wouldn't surprise me if I don't end up with a, you know, a different version, you know, one that's more, uh, more fleshed out, you know, for the PC and, and one that's not. And in fact, even on PC, I might, you know, create a, a, a different version, you know, one for people who have more moderate systems versus people who are maxed out and, you know, have more awesome systems that can, you know, can take advantage of it. So that's something I've kind of planned, you know, for as well. So, so there is going to get to a point where I think VR is going to, um, or the, the hardware is, I, I think is going to be able to cross the uncanny Valley. Um, the, uh, right on. the resolutions will, will be, I think, you know, it's just a matter of time before we, we go past 4k and we have a latency slash motion tracking that is straight up, you know, out of science fiction or that our brain can't even yeah. perceive, you know, uh -huh. at that point, I mean, and I, and I, and so it's a double question. Like, uh, you know, when do you think that will happen? When do you think the hardware slash software will get to the point where it'll be like indistinguishable from, from, from real life? And, and if we get to that point and when we, and I, but Damn, I'm screwing up the question. Yeah. So when do you think we'll get there? Is the question is the first question. And when we right. do, how do you think people will react? And how 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 would yourself react if all of a sudden you put on these goggles or sunglasses and all of a sudden it's like, holy shit, I can't tell the difference. It's you know like I might as well be peeking through a different world. Right. Um, you know what do you think? Oh man, I mean that would be pretty awesome experience i would think you know i'm sure that that might intimidate you know quite a few people but um for me personally you know i welcome it so i would love to have that kind of experience so i'm all about alternate realities and stuff so i it, i welcome it i would love for that to happen frankly as far as how long it's going to be before that happens i'm not a very good judge of that i i seem to be maybe a little too optimistic when it comes to that. I remember I had a conversation with Robin Miller when I, at Siam when I worked there and, um, I thought that we could have, you know, VR, misquality VR, you know, within three or four years, you know, that was back in 94 or five. And he did some calculations and said, Oh, it's going to be about 25 years, you know? And I thought that was crazy. I just didn't see it, you know, but of course, you know, it's taken 20 years now, you know, and I think we're there as far as misquality goes. But, um, so maybe I'm a little too optimistic to, to make a, a guess on that. Um, so who knows, maybe it might be, it might come really quick, you know, because things are really accelerating and as we know, but at the same time, it's, it's a bit humbling and because, um, it, you know, 
right now people are struggling to get take full advantage of even the DK2, you know, on pretty good systems. So uh, I have a feeling that it's going to be a little while yet, you know. Hopefully it'll be within my time, and I think it will be, and I'm still involved. And um, if not, you know, I've got my son here <laughs> who's helping me a lot on this project, actually. And, uh, you know, maybe he can do it, you know, when it comes to that. So. I, I hope it does happen soon enough, and I would love to create a, a more rich experience. You know, my background is more along the lines of photorealism and whatnot, but I don't like replicating reality. You know, that's not an interest of mine. I like really pushing it and coming up with, uh, you know, things beyond reality and things you can't do otherwise, as you know. I see that as being a huge potential for the computer in general, you know, being able to to sort of unleash the imagination and, and create these worlds that we just can't otherwise. That's always been, you know, uh, an, an inspiration to me. So I would try to create something more believable and, and more rich and, but not necessarily, um, you know, a replication of our own reality. So just, just I hope that does come soon, frankly. I'm with you on that. So just to follow up, why, um, What's is there value in replicating reality? Is there is there something that we can take from that or, um, you know? Yeah, yeah. I think um, you know, for as a learning tool, it's a great thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, as a learning tool, I could you know that would be fantastic. There, I could see all types of you know applications for that in terms of replicating reality from an educational standpoint. You know, but as far as uh, the entertainment and stuff goes, I'm. You know, in myself, I'm just personally more interested in, in uh, you know, moving beyond that, you know, and, and doing things that uh, we otherwise can't do. So, but I do think, like, for me personally, yeah, as far as uh, educational applications go, or at least learning applications, and I could see that as being a huge thing, awesome. a positive thing anyway. Awesome, but, awesome. Um, well, Tony Davidson, it has been a, uh, a, a pleasure speaking with you today oh. um i'm uh, we are about yeah. to uh close things uh and i'm just gonna yeah just wondering you know do you have any final comments any last uh remarks and you know how can people follow you how can people stay in touch and and be up to date with all the awesome things you're up to right on thank you um yeah you can visit uh my website uh which is intervision uh one word dash vr.com and um Hopefully, I'll have a newer version of the DK2 demo for people soon that they can download that. Right now, I'm just offering the DK1 demo, unfortunately. And we'll be at Oculus Connect. Hopefully, I'll be able to demo there. I'll have some stuff ready for the DK2 to demo. And I would say keep an eye out for the Kickstarter. So we hope to launch that soon. And um, hopefully, I'll do some more networking and get out a little more and do more promotional work. And um, yeah, I can uh, help promote that along. So... Um, yeah, I don't know. I thank you very much for having me on though. I really appreciate it. I enjoy your podcast a lot. So I hope you keep doing it. I hope you, you know, keep moving forward. Thank you. It's awesome. I appreciate that.